and I was like, God, like I'm I'm so sick of this. Like I can't keep doing this anymore. Um, please help me out. Like, give me your hand. Hey guys, welcome back to Keeping It Ninety Nine. Here with another episode from the great state of Virginia. I'm joined here with a special guest, my man Kiro. How are you doing today? I'm good, Isaiah. How are you? It's such a pleasure to be here on Keeping It Ninety Nine. The blessing is mine. I'm doing well, thank God. Um, so today's topic, um, we're talking about something that, that hits a little bit close to home for you. Uh, we're talking about overcoming addiction. Um, so maybe you should tell you know the viewers like, kind of like your story, like, you know, where did this addiction start? Where did it end? Kind of just like a quick little overview of like your life, I guess. Okay, so <clears throat> with the drugs specifically, um, you know, it never really occurred to me, like, elementary school, I, um, I saw people on YouTube, like, rappers and stuff, and that's when I first got, like, exposed just to the idea of it, like, I didn't even know what weed was, um, sixth grade, my cousin had a dab pen, and she was like, you know, Kiro, come, come hit this with me, like, it'll be fun, all right, I was like, whatever, like, you know, it's cool, like, people do it, why not, so I inhaled all the way, um, filled my lungs up completely, and, you know, I giggled a little bit, like, I didn't really feel anything, so I was like, whatever, it's probably, like, I'm probably just a super heavyweight or something, right? And then, um, a couple times later, I was hanging out with, like, cool kids, and they let me smoke weed with them. Again, I didn't feel anything. Um, and then I think it happened, like, two times after that, where I just smoked and I didn't feel anything, so I just gave up. I'm like, whatever, right? But, um, this one time, this kid in the, um other neighborhood that was like known as one of the leaders like one of the cool kids gave me some free weed and I was like okay well that's cool so I'm gonna smoke a little bit but nothing's gonna happen and I'm like whatever right I'll just do it because everyone else is doing it and I smoked for the first time it was near a lake I remember we were pulling um it's called gravity bongs like the um do you pull something like out of a water bottle and it fills up the water bottle with like smoke I forgot exactly how it works but um I hit one of those and I saw the bottle cap um floating down the river and I just I bursted out laughing right for no reason right? and then I saw it dude I saw the squirrel eating a nut dude it was just the funniest <laughs> thing <laughs> it was so funny I, I, I just burst out laughing right but I didn't even realize how high I was because then I started walking up the hill and then I saw my own face staring back at me like, I saw my face, it was, like, angled right here, staring back at me, right? And it was, like, it was looking at me like this. I was, like, what the heck is going on, right? I was, like, there's no way. Um, and at first, I was, like, I was just subconsciously walking. I thought I was, like, dead or something. I, I was just walking, I saw my face, and then I realized, oh, wait, like, I'm really, really high, right? Mm. Um, I went to Glory Days. Uh, the guy, they gave me free, like, uh, chicken wings because they knew I was, like, high and, uh, I guess they were, like, supporting, like, 420, whatever it was. I think it was 420 that day. Um, so that, okay, you know, it was a funny first story, but that spiraled into a whole, like, world of just smoking every day. Um, people say that weed is the gateway drug because eventually you won't feel as much. Um, so you have to move to the higher drugs, right? And that makes sense. But for me, it was more of just... Um, because I was still smoking weed. I was super lightweight. I would smoke and I would feel the same high. Like, like it, was, it would never go away. Like, I was super lightweight. Every time I got high, I would see patterns. 
and like I would go crazy, right? Um, so cocaine came in um, in military school. People like had a little bit, and I was just like, okay, well, it's not that I'm not feeling as much from weed. It's just like, you know, if you're taking like a class at school, like an elective, you might just take different things to like see what's like what's new, like what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like that. So um, I tried cocaine. Um, that wasn't actually as addicting to me as most people might think it was. I had this one phase where I was buying and reselling jewel pods and like jewel kits. The store, they knew I was like underage. They didn't ID me. So I'd buy them for like $35 and resell them to like the other middle school kids for like $75 because they would pay whatever. Um, and, and like I was making a good amount of money like that and I would just reinvest it all into like getting weed and like smoking. So my life was just smoking every day. Uh, I didn't realize how much it was affecting me until I started fighting with my mom. Uh, when my mom found out that I was like selling and buying drugs, dude, she went crazy. Like that was like the worst. Like I saw, I saw her cry so hard. It was the hardest time in my life, right? And then um, I met this therapist. Her name is Perry. She, you know, she kind of opened my eyes to what I'm doing and like who I'm affecting and all that. And you know that that changed me. And I saw, you know, one day. Miracle happened. Uh, God came into my life, and I really saw what I was doing, and how bad it was messing me and like other people up. And I decided, all right, I'm just, I'm never gonna do this ever again. And then um, my journey with Jesus started from there. But I would have never been on this journey if it weren't for um, the initial drug use. It's quite the story. I think honestly, Kira, like um, one of the things that strikes out the most to me of your story is the fact that the drug usage didn't come from like it didn't come from like a lack of you know something in your life it came from you just wanting to try and i think that's very relatable to a lot of people that a lot of people use these drugs just for fun just because everyone else does it and then once they're hooked they're hooked and i think that's kind of like you know the path that you went on and it's 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 very interesting to see how you as an individual, how you took, you know, what started out as just doing weed for fun all the way up until the point to where you were doing drugs that you never, probably never imagined you would do, and then did the exact opposite and went completely away from it. So talk to me a little bit more about, um, you know, your path towards sobriety. Mm, so Turn the, I met... Turn the mic real quick. Turn around. Oops. Yeah, there you go. You good? Okay. Um, I met a counselor. Her name is Perry. Uh, it's actually funny because she taught me more about being a man than like any other man has taught me in my life. She's she's awesome. Uh, so first, she started talking to me about who my choices are affecting. So my argument initially was, um, well, it's only affecting me. So like, why does it matter? And she was saying, well, look at your mom and look at how much she's in pain. Uh, look at your teachers, because now they have to stay after for you because, you know, you can't focus in school anymore, and that's super annoying for them. Like, they have wives they want to go home to. Um, look at the people at church. They're all crying and praying for you. Look at your friends. Um, you don't show up to everything anymore. Like, you're... Um, it's hurting a lot of your friends, too. Like, they see you, like, throwing your life away. It's hurting your dad, even though you don't even see him. Like, it's... 
like because you know even when i went to go hang out with my dad like even he like shed a tear and he grew up as like in egypt as one of the like like gangsters like he was tough like no one could mess with him and even like to see him cry like um you know that was that hit different and you know she explained to me who i'm affecting and i'm like oh okay you know it makes sense but you know it's not really effect- like what if no one knows about it you know that kind of thing and then she asked me what i want my future life to look like and i'm like okay well i'm you know nice house um wife the whole relationship with god thing didn't hit me at the time so when i um i told her this and she said okay well you know you realize like weed and the, like the stuff you're going on like you you want it like that's a nice life anyone else would want that life right but you like what you're doing to get there that's not like that's not it right you have to change your ways and the the path to getting there sucks but that's the only way you're going to get there and i'm like okay then eventually that led to well you're not going to like nothing is going to get better like the stuff with your mom the stuff with school none of that stuff is going to get better until the drugs go away because she explained to me this analogy that still sticks with me she said Imagine if you're in Virginia, you want to drive to New York, right? So what's the only direction you can drive in? North. North. But, I mean, you can't go south, can you? You can't go west. You can't be like, oh, well, what if I just want to go south a little bit and north, like, a different time? Like, that's not going to work. You're just never going to get anywhere, right? Um, if you want to go in a path, there's only one direction you can go in. You can't um, half try. Uh yeah, so she said, you know, it's only north from here. And I was like, you know, okay, well, I'll still do it, like, every now and then. Because, um, you know, with weed, so you hear a lot of people say, like, you know, it's these poor kids, like, trying to fill in a gap in their life. Like, they don't get attention at home, and there's, like, fighting in the household. Like, nah, I mean, yeah, I had divorced parents or whatever, but I grew up just fine. Like, I had everything that every other kid had. But, you know, sometimes you're just like, you know, it's just my life is good. I have good grades. I'm smart. I'm not stupid. Uh, why not just do something for fun? And that was like the big lie that I fell into because I didn't realize how much it was messing me up, right? Um, but that fun like turned into just the whole like, well, now I can't stop, right? So it took a while to, um, it took a while to get off that. But here's the one, the one day that I realized I'm going to stop smoking. This is probably the craziest and worst, but now I look back best day of my life. So I had a girlfriend at the time and I was still smoking like, you know, I mean, not often, but this is October, October 10th, 2019. Um, I went to the movie theater. We watched, I think the movie is called Focus. Or maybe it wasn't. Uh, it was that Will Smith movie where he's like his older self and younger self. You know what I'm talking about? Good movie. I don't watch movies. So don't All right, you're weird. Um, <laughs> Anyways, we were watching this Will Smith movie, and my two friends, they were smoking, and I was like, you know, I can't be doing this anymore. Like, I'm not. And they were like, come on, we're just going to see the movie. I'm like, fine, whatever. So I go to the bathroom, uh, hit the pen, and I don't get that high, because, you know, at that point, I had been smoking for like two years, three years. Um, and I'm like, okay, I'm just not going to do this anymore. Um, my tolerance went uh, a lot higher, and I was able to smoke a lot more, so. You know, I was just kind of feeling like a little buzz, like, nice, right? And I was looking at the... And also, granted, like, a few months before I had done acid, which is, like... In my opinion, people think that Coke is, like, the worst one. But in my opinion, acid is the worst one. Because that's, like, the... I don't know why acid is becoming, like, a regular, like, normalized thing right now. 
that's another thing. I don't like the word normalized. Like, if it if it has to be normalized, it's not normal. Like, mm. what? That's that's a deep, that's a deep <laughs> statement there. I yeah. like that. So it's a deep statement. Yeah, I don't know. People are trying to normalize like psychedelics. Like, find your true yeah, self. Yeah, like, yeah. it's it's crap. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, that kind of made me realize like, okay, I need to chill. Because um, even like other drug addicts that I know were like, bro, acid makes you stupid. And these are drug addicts, so um, I would trust them. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, so I'm smoking weed at the theater. I go home, and I'm like, you know, I work out a little bit, um, hit the bag a little bit. I'm like, all right, cool. Um, that night, I have plans to go meet up with my girlfriend, right? And I ended up losing my virginity that night, even though, I mean, I was the one who initiated it. Like, I wanted to, but, you know, um, there's still an idiot choice. So I came back. So uh, with the weed and the sex, whatever is supposed to regulate emotions, like in my brain, that was off, like completely off, right? So I went to sleep. I was planning on skipping math the next morning. Um, my mom woke me up like seven, you know, normal time for school. And I just, like I said, my whatever regulates my emotions was completely, completely, completely off, right? So um, I woke up, I yelled at her. I was so mad, right? I punched a hole in my wall so deep I broke like the drywall and then like you know the wood behind it yeah I broke that too oh my god and then you know the drywall behind that I broke all three <laughs> layers <laughs> uh, yeah left cross <laughs> um I was I was very angry um I went to school uh a couple of my classes and I was like okay even I told my teachers and it never got to this point uh where I was like okay I have to take a break like let me step out I'm just super mad my mom's being a b-word um I was I was so angry right um and I was angry all day. Dude, my emotions were horrible. Um, I was still trying to talk to the girlfriend. Um, and then I just decided from there, okay, wow. Everything that um, Perry and everyone's been telling me about weed, that's all true. Uh, so if it's really hurting me this much, I mean, it's not physically addicting. It's just like you're addicted to the feeling. Okay, I'm just going to stop. I'm just going to stop right now. So October 10th, 2019, that was the last time I did drugs. And I like... You could not pay me $20 million right now. On God, like, you could not pay me $20 million right now to smoke weed. Like, it's not worth it. That's what I, mean, I, I believe you. I believe you 100%. And I know, like, you're a very, like, all-in-or-nothing type of guy. And to hear, like, you know, obviously, you know, drug addiction is one thing. But you can take that and you can apply it to any type of addiction, right? People addicted to their phones, addicted to their screens, addicted to uh, pornography, to sexual acts, to drugs, to alcohol, to whatever. You can apply that same principle and for me like the amount of strength that it took you to say on october 10th i'm not doing this again you know whatever those circumstances was whatever happened whatever intervention um occurred the fact that you took the opportunity that you were given and you didn't waste it that's one of the wisest things i mean we just read together um, ephesians chapter 5 and in there, it says, you know, the wise man makes use of his opportunities. I'm paraphrasing, but makes use of his opportunities. And that's one of those opportunities God gave you to set yourself free from this thing that's been holding you back for, you know, so, so long of your, like so many years of your life. And to see you now, you know, like three, four years removed from that. It's quite the uh, it's it's quite the change. It's quite the the flip. So, 
maybe can you talk me through like how how you use that experience of you stopping, you know, the drugs and, and the sex and how you made turn that into I'm now, you know, the amazing um, thank you. You know, well, Christ following amazing, <laughs> Christ following you. servant you are. Like how did that transition happen? Mm. Just real quick to you calling me wise for giving that up. I just want to say it's not wisdom at all. Like I was still like an idiot, um, messing everything up, like for other people. I was still struggling, you know, pornography and everything else after that pride. Um, but that change of heart that God gives you is a change of heart. The reason I can't explain it is because it came from God. Like if it was human and I could understand it as a human, then I'd be able to explain. It. Mm. But it came from, like you know, as your ways are higher than, or as my ways are higher than your ways, or something. Stars, you know, yeah, I get distance, <laughs> big, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that's it's something I can't explain, but basically, um, well, I can explain it for you real quick. God hides from the prudent and the wise and reveals to the children and little babies. No, so, <laughs> just saying, um, but continue. So, I, I had this like look when I when I looked at we had like, ugh. You know, get that away from me. That's disgusting. I could never, right? Um, and that that came from God. And that's like something, because I was, you know, weed was literally my life. I would go out and like defend weed. I would, even people from church that never smoked before, I would get them to smoke for the first time. I ruined people's innocence. I mean, obviously not with like the purity stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did that too. But um, with weed, dude, I, I had so many people smoke that never, I was like, first I was the one being sucked in. And then I was the one sucking people in, right? Mm. And um, I smoked, like, all the time. That was, like, my life. Um, so for in, like, 24 hours or however many, like however long it was for God, or, like, for me to ha start hating weed and be like, ew, okay, I'm never going to do that ever again in my life. Because like, I didn't even get the temptation. It wasn't like, okay, I should stop. Uh, let me just not do it again. No, it was, dude, if that stuff comes near me, if someone even offers it to me, I'm going to punch them in the face. Like, I was, like, I was, again, never again. Like, that's how you know that, like, came from God. So it's not wisdom. It's not me saying, like, um, you know, I sh probably shouldn't do this. Like, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? It was, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Like, one one way that I put it before was if I, let's you know, the stuff that I used to be involved in and, like, think about with other people, you know, like, um, let's say I went to jail for one of those things and they put me on death row, like, if it was, like, for murder or something, they they would be killing the wrong person if they killed me now. Cause I'm that different. Mm. That's what God did. So it's not wisdom. It's like, I'm just a new person. And if God could do that with me, he could do that with anyone. Cause I was the one, one person who looked at church people and said, um, you know, these people are all just kind of born like that. They're like, I was 100, 100, 100% convinced. There's no way that that could ever happen. It's just not for me. You know, I grew up differently. I'm just not like that. I'm not the church kind of person. I'm not the God kind of person. I'm like my own type of person, right? Which is stupid. But God, God really took that away from me and like changed my heart. Um, could you repeat the question? So how did that transition happen exactly? Like, how did you go from the day when you stopped smoking weed to where you are now, in, in your like in terms of your relationship with God? Um, well, with more encounters with Perry and people from church, uh, I realized, okay, wow, this God guy, you know, he's pretty cool. Um, if he could take away weed from me, like, what else can he do? Like. Maybe God isn't so under it or overrated after all, right? 
um, let's see what else God has to offer. So I, um, it didn't really start with like Bible reading or any of that stuff, but it just kind of this real change of heart where just, wow, I want to serve people. Like I want to be Christian now. I want to be nice. I don't know where it came from. Like, Mm -hmm. I guess it's just other people's prayers or something. I don't know, but like, I'm, it's possible is my point. And, um, I still didn't go to church. I didn't really see the need for it. I didn't, I didn't even get a paper Bible until like, like six months ago when I was at the convent with St. Mark. Um, yeah, I was reading paper. I was reading these devotional plans. Um, eventually I realized I had to break up with my girlfriend, which was another moment where I needed, uh, God's strength. I'll just, I'll tell you the story again for the, for the podcast. So, um, I was, I knew I had to break up with her. Like we were having sex like all the time and I hated it eventually because that's all our relationship was based off of. Um, it was very sinful. It was horrible. We'd argue all the time. Uh, all my friends hated her and they told me I needed to break up with her. And I'm like, you know, well, she's hot. She's cute, whatever. She's fine. I want to, but no, I just, and deep and down, I knew like I, like I legitimately hated her and I, I knew I had to. I knew the missionary dating wasn't going to work. Like that, all that stuff is crap. So, um, I went to her house, kept it less than five minutes, and just said, hey, uh, we're done. Uh, we can't date anymore. And she was tearing up a little bit because like, I know she was like ready to do stuff that night. And I was like, nope, uh, sorry, I can't help you. Uh, and I left, and I blocked her and everything uh, in order to get over her quickly. Um, and that was another, and I still haven't talked to her since, but that was another... Um, jump of strength that God gave me because now it's like okay now I'm a little bit more like manly okay what else is God gonna do to make me a little bit more manly right um I started telling other people about like guys God is like not overrated like I promise he's awesome like to let him into your life uh I didn't really know what I was doing at first it was kind of like you know rule with the iron fist Mm -hmm. um before God softened my heart a little bit um but the first time I ever went to church willingly like by myself I dressed up nice. I went to STSA, and I saw Father Anthony. He was giving this well about the sovereignty of God, right? And he was talking about, you know, I mean, he was answering all these questions I had, like, internally. And then, you know, I I don't know, man. God's done so much. It's all God's work. It's hard to explain how how I've, you know, I've... How God's like taking me where He's taking me. It's it's hard to explain. It's all God's work. That, that's some that's some humility there. I'm not gonna lie. I think you know God. God puts stuff in our lives, and God puts people. You know things we hear things, and a lot of times things questions that we have internally are always answered um, via external factors that we would have never we would have never guessed. I mean, I remember there was a time in my life where. Every single Sunday sermon, I felt like was about me mm-hmm. for like, I mean, this is like three, four months straight. And there's a real power when you're able to personalize information that is being told to a general public. And when God is able to kind of like, you know, hone in on who you are and make you understand, like there's, I feel like there's always like this phase. People always go through this phase where you know, in this time of life when they try to understand who they are in comparison to the world, in comparison to God, in comparison to each other. In order to do that, God has to somehow intervene, whether you realize it or not. And for me, that was, 
you know, relating myself to every single thing that I heard, spiritual, non-spiritual, and how I took that and compared it. And I mean, for you, it was, seems like it was about the same thing and how you, you know, took what people were telling you, you internalized it and you figured out what God wanted for you based on what you're being told by people around you. And I think that there's real power in that and that, you know, like you said earlier, like, you know, you don't know what happened. It was the prayers of the people. And that's a real thing, you know, like when, you know, when the litany of the assemblies is, is prayed and it's, you know, and the deacon says, pray for, uh, pray for our church and for our assemblies. That's a real prayer. Like praying for everyone in the church, every single person, at every single gathering that is done in the name of God. Like just think, think about like the power of that. Like if I am, you know, if I'm sitting here praying for every single person that I know, and you are too, and you know, Isaac as Michael is, and everyone is praying about every single person that they've encountered, how many prayers for every single person are there going to be? You know, and like God, you know, like it says um, in the Bible, like, you know, where there are two or more in my name, I'll be in the midst of them. It's the same thing. You know, God is really in within us and in us if we really look for him, you know, in the things around us. I think with me, <clears throat> um, a big part of that, like, you know, yeah, people are answering or people are praying for me, but that's also coming in the form of, you know, sermons and things that I'm listening to. So a big part of that is discernment. Um, the first lesson I learned in being a Christian is when I, when you listen to God's voice, or when you actively like look for God's voice is when you can hear him better, right? So uh, 30 people are in a room, random strangers, and you hear my voice, you're gonna know me, right? Cause you mm. hang out with me, you spend time with me, you talk to me, right? Um, but you're not gonna know my mom's voice, right? You're not gonna be able to say, oh, that's Kira's mom. Even just by the looks, you're not, you're not gonna know what my mom looks like, right? Um, you put 30 tons into a room, you know? Mm. Um, but, you know, it's because you spend time with me, you don't spend time with my mom, right? So if you don't spend time with God, are you going to be able to hear him when he's talking to you? No. So God can actually be screaming in your face, and you can still be walking right past it because you don't know God's voice like that. So, um, you know, it reminds me of a, of a scene from a book that you are going to read, uh, the second book of Elements. I'm just going to, it's not, it's not really a spoiler. So. Yeah, yeah. It better not be. It's not that bad of a spoiler. I mean, it's like the first word of the chapter. Okay, I will throw hands right now if it is. <laughs> it's not a spoiler. See, Michael, Michael left. <laughs> but basically, Elijah just goes around, and he screams at people's faces, screaming, look up. Everyone's confused, like, what is he talking about? But he's just saying, look up to God. You know, and a lot, of, and it's, it's like if you, you know, make that spiritual thing, it's like all the time we see people around us telling us to look for God. <laughs> Sorry, Michael, to look for, you know, the things that will edify us. And a lot of the times we're right in front of those things. You know, we're right in front of the source of that. And instead we turn around and we don't care. Like, you know, I can't tell you the amount of times in church I've just zoned out Same. or not paid attention or thought about this. It's like it's 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 a very occurring thing. And it's like God himself is on the table in front of us. Yeah. But you know what? I think God uses different things to reach out to different people. Mm. So if you're on Instagram, right, and you see like a Christian post, like 
Don't lie. You scroll past the Christian ones a lot, and you look at the interesting ones. Come on, like everyone does that. I'll do that. I do, come on, I'll, I'll admit oh, it. I, I love do you, it. man. Right. Um, one of my friends, um, one of my tight friends from junior year, um, hit me up. Or I just saw him. He's like, here, and he this kid's like a party kid, like um, a little bit lost, didn't really care about school. And he was like, you know what I've been doing every day? And I'm like, what? And he was like, praying. I was like, really? Why? And he was like, uh, I don't know. I just you're gonna think it's stupid. I was like. I am not okay. I got introduced to God by like literally the dumbest things you can imagine. Just I am not. Just tell me. He's like, it was this TikTok, and I was like, all right, send it to me. I'll um, see it. I'll send it to my ecumenical council. We'll see if we agree. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but um, he sent it to me, and, it, and it, there were just these people talking about, um, oh well, I'm you know a son, like a son of God, and it feels cool to be like whatever. And I'm like, okay, yeah, see, if I was on TikTok and I saw this, this would have never crossed my mind. I would have just scrolled past yeah. like the rest. But God uses things like that to reach mm-hmm. out to other people where, like, you know, as to people like me, I would have never thought about it twice, you know? So it's just cool to see that, like, how many things is God using to reach out to others that we just walk right past every single day, you mm-hmm. know? Like, God God has revealed to me and, like, or things to me and crazy. Here, I'll tell you, um, like, just the, like, God, God's miracles are crazy. That's all I could say. I, agree. I remember I was struggling with pornography in a, like 10th grade, maybe. Um, and I was praying about it because I just fell and I was like, God, like, I'm, I'm so sick of this. Like, I can't keep doing this anymore. Um, please help me out. Like, give me your hand. Right. Um, and then I went on the drive because I just wanted to clear my mind. I was upset. Right. Um, and this is one of those old cars where like to turn a channel on the radio, it's like you turn it just a little bit and it goes to the next channel, right? It's like a dial. So I was just spinning it and I'd forgotten about the pair. I was just cooling off steam, right? So I was driving through my neighborhood. Um, (coughs) um, picking a random radio and the, I landed on one. It was like white noise. I landed on another one. It was like white noise. I landed on a third one. Yeah, three Trinity. Mm. Um, I landed on a third one, and it was a Christian podcast um, between an author and a pastor. And the author was talking about a book he wrote about. It's called Every Young Man's Battle, one of the best books I've ever read about how young men have to do with the battle of lust and pornography, like on a day-to-day basis. I'm like, whoa! I was just praying about this, right? Um, I ordered the book, and it told me a lot. And that's just one one of the ways, um, like, like when God, you have to realize, like, when God speaks to, like. Uh, you know, unless your name is like Elijah and you were born like 3,000 years ago, dude, God's not going to talk to you through the clouds and the lightning and the end of Shadow of eh. Sorry, and the, and the I don't know what. And the, <laughs> Good translation. Thanks. Um, God's going to talk to you through everyday things. He's going to talk to you through people. He's going to talk to you through sermons. Um, he like There's so many different like channels that he gets you to, but that just goes back to my first point. You have to be open. Like You have to be ready to listen to what God is trying to tell you because that stuff is important. Like... Like abiding to God's will and listening to him is the best thing you could do for yourself. Yeah, I mean like that awareness, like, you know, gaining that awareness of the spiritual, of the divine. You know, that's something that, you know, in my own life where it's been something that I've that I've struggled with for so long, which is being aware of God around you. Because God is everywhere. He's omnipotent. He's everywhere at all times. And to really understand what that means and to really see God in every single thing. That's one of the things that changed my life. 
was seeing God in calculus, seeing God in physics, seeing God in chemistry, seeing God in the people around me. You know, personally, I can never see God in the pre-calculus. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's crazy to think that all these numbers mean something. Every single number has a meaning. Every single number has like a, like a if you will, like a personality behind it, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. See, that's, that's okay. the other nerd oh. stuff. It's not really I'm sure the people on the podcast would love it. It's <laughs> not me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like every single thing, when it all comes together, just think about like, you know, the enormity of things just happening, things colliding. Like, you just there's so many things that have to go right in order for the for the world to work the way it does. That it just it just shows how how God has literally interwoven every single you know, nucleus of every single cell into, into every single, everything. Everything is woven together perfectly and intricately to the way the world works today. So it's being aware of God's presence in the world and in our own lives. I think that is one of the most important things as young men that we can do. And young women and any, everyone, actually. Everyone, actually. <laughs> Sorry, I have to cater to everyone on the podcast. Yeah, um, I think so, too. I think... I don't know, because, you know, um, one of the arguments is, um, well, there's no, like, how do you, like, uh, I'm trying to think of a good way to put it. Father Anthony gave this analogy in one of his sermons, and I'll just say it on here. So he was saying one day there was a piano, and there was mice that lived in the piano, right, the grand piano, and, um, there was this guy that the um, mice knew as, was known as the grand player, right? The big player. And he would come play the piano like every every day, every other day, right? And um, one day this one little like curious mouse was like, okay, I've never seen the grand player before, but um, I just, I want to see like what's really making this noise, right? So he crawled up into the little like crevices of the piano and he saw that it's actually strings making the noise, right? So he's like, guys, you idiots. You've been thinking that this is the grand player the whole time. And it's actually the strings making the noise. Like only an idiot would believe that it's the, um, there's something called a grand player, like playing strings, right? Um, and then the, you know, the whole like crowd of mice was like, whoa, that's cool. I didn't know that, right? But then another curious mouse was like, you know, he went even past where the first mouse went and he was like you idiot to the first mouth mouse it's actually hammers um and it's the hammers hitting the strings it can't ever be the strings by itself you moron it has to be the um the hammers hitting the strings and that's what's causing the um music to play um but is it really just the hammers you know it's like there is a grand player you know um and the more you look into the different parts of the piano the more you see okay um this isn't just playing itself like that's not how the things work. Like there has to be someone playing it, you know. That's 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 good. That's a good analogy. I actually really, I actually really enjoyed that. Thanks. That was really good. I enjoyed that, Kieran. Thank Father Anthony. Uh, I will. I will make sure to thank him. If you have not watched my episode with Father Anthony, it's up there. Sorry. Just, yeah, it's right above Kiro. Um, <laughs> um. Anyways, so obviously now you are in a much better place. Um, in general, in, in all, you know, there's water right there, right? That's not gonna help. <laughs> you okay? Yeah, I'm just so cold. 
Well, I guess he's not doing much better than. <laughs> I'm messing. With you. you know, the Mike Tyson shirt really goes with the podcast. It's very funny. It's very funny. Because, you know, Mike Tyson has a podcast. I love that podcast. And he bro. just smokes shrooms. That's <laughs> uh, crazy. Yeah, no, nah, he's. Um, I actually love his podcast. It's called really? Hot Boxing. It is. He just smokes weed. Um, not you enjoy best, it. Um, no, I, I enjoy the podcast because I, I love Mike Tyson, but I just I can't condone the weed part, of course. Obviously. Um, so obviously now you're you're in a better place, um, both mentally, uh, physically, spiritually, everything. Um, so looking back on that part of life, like what is advice you would give to people who are struggling with the things that you struggled with? I would tell them a couple things. I would tell them one, uh, sometimes it doesn't matter what logical answer you're looking for. Um, your Some problems can only be solved with coming to God, right? So, you know, if you go to the gym or if you go on a run, you're going to be sore. The logical answer is taking up some salt bath and stretch, right? And just take a recovery day. That's the logical answer. Some hurts, like drug addiction, aren't going to be always fixed by... Um, replacing it with exercise and these things that people are like crystals, energy, like whatever. Some hurts can only be replaced with God. Uh, the other thing I want to say is as a former drug addict, I can tell you that none of your problems are going to be solved until the drugs go away because you think, oh, well, it's just helping with anxiety. It's just taking the edge off a little bit. Um, what it's doing is is I mean, other than like numbing your pains, which is obviously horrible, um, you're getting high, and then like let's say just with weed, for example, because that's the big one. Everyone smokes, and they're like, "Well, oh, I could stop if I wanted to." Okay, if you say that you could stop if you wanted to, stop. Then, I, like, I challenge you to stop because it's not going to happen by yourself, right? Um, but I just want to say, like, when you smoke weed, you're. Um, like, it, like, okay, the biggest argument was, well, it doesn't affect me, it's different for everyone, right? And with some things, it is like that. Like, um, some people can run two miles, and other people um, can run two, also run two miles. It's going to affect some people differently, right? It's different for everyone, right? But it's not like that with weed. I, I mean, yeah, it makes people feel different based on, like, who you are, how your brain works, whatever. But the effects are the same for everyone. Um, kills your brain cells. But, that, I mean, that's not even, like, even... I'm a boxer. Boxing kills brain cells, so that's not even like a solid. Right? <laughs> um, okay, it. You look for happiness in weed, right? And then after a while, you associate weed with the feeling of happiness. So everything else is not going to make you as happy. Um, you get angrier a lot quicker, irritable, and that's something. It doesn't matter who you are. You smoke, and you'll notice it. I think. I think every addiction makes you more irritable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No matter what it is. Yeah, any dopamine releasing addiction. I mean, mm-hmm. any, yeah, any, but weed especially. Weed is, I mean, just, actually, did you know that alcohol, tobacco, and weed, people are, all try to make them, like, you know, they all pretty much have the same effects. It just matters on, like, which one do you, you use more. Yeah, they're like, all depressants. Yeah. yeah, like, I've had, um, like, you know, uh, I know some people who are crazy for nicotine, but can take or leave weed and take or leave alcohol. Um, and it has the same effects on them as I did when I was smoking weed. Because for me, it was weed all the time. I could take or leave nicotine. I could take or leave alcohol, right? 
some people it's alcohol all the time, the other two, whatever, right? Um, but like, just know when you're smoking, like you're compromising like so many things. And like, you're also, you're just, you're affecting so much more than just you. The worst arg- like thing that you can think is, well, it's just affecting me. Like, it doesn't matter. No one else is going to be affected by and it. And I think every addiction is like that. Yeah. It's like so things like pornography, mm-hmm. being an alcoholic, drugs, you know, um, even, even something as simple as like spending eight hours a day on your nine hours a day on your phone. Yeah. I mean, it affects so much more than you think. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's a product of how selfish the world that we live in is and how a lot of people think for themselves only. And it, it honestly, it creates a path for addiction to become easier to obtain because it's more justifiable to be addicted to something now than it was per se 30, 50, hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I think, um, the advice I would give to someone who's struggling now and where I was back then is just know that um, you can only go in one direction and trying to um, go in two different directions at the same time is not going to do anything for you. And I've tried it. Other people have tried it. Like, it's, it's not going to happen. Was that, was that a nice picture, Michael? I just went for a <laughs> um, But yeah. Thank you, Kiro. Of course, Isaiah. I appreciate you opening up. Honestly, it's a, it takes a lot to open up to the to the internet. So uh, uh, the internet ain't got nothing on me. Bro. <laughs> yeah, you can only cancel, or you can only. One thing I live by is you can only get canceled if you care. They can't cancel if you don't. They can't cancel you if you don't care. I mean, I, uh, for legal reasons, I won't agree. Anyways, uh, <laughs> thank you guys for watching. If you enjoyed this, make sure to like, comment, subscribe, turn on post notifications, and. That's all. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Isaiah.